Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. back to another episode of chats from the blog cabin you know the show where i invite people into the blog cabin virtually to chat about life you know who i am i'm melissa and today we're chatting with sean whitley sean you're a husband a dad a son and in the past year you've gone through a lot you've gone through family laws you manage your finances for your parents and your grandmother and then before covid you had your worst careers of your life the worst years of your career and now you're having the best years so let's talk about first of all who you are and then we'll get into all the other stuff we're talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, as you mentioned, yes, I am a husband. Uh, we've actually been married coming up on our 10-year anniversary. Uh, so that's exciting. And we have two children, my daughter who just turned seven and my son who's about to turn five. And uh, yeah, I currently run the sales organization uh, for a company called Mito that does uh, communications. So any sort of SMS that you might receive from websites or brands. Uh, that's that's our core service and then uh at the same time you know i'm i'm into music and sports and uh i don't know i hate saying a typical guy because there's there's no classifications anymore and i just enjoy spending my time with my family i've learned over the last couple of years that that's become a, a much bigger priority to me than it may have been a few years ago so let's talk about that why has it what was the shift that made it become more of a priority for you well, there was two things. Uh, my last company, I was traveling internationally probably every other month. Uh, at one point, it was every five weeks. And thankfully, that was the, the stage where my daughter was our only child. And she was just, you know, the little blob that mm -hmm. you know would smile at you, but wasn't really doing anything. So it was the time that I could do the travel. And as she got older, uh, you know, I started to think about like all of the life events that I don't want to miss. And I was very, very fortunate that I didn't miss you know, her walking or her first of, you know, all the major milestones. But I thought as I continue down this path, there's going to be more things like ballet recitals or her gymnastics performances or whatever she wants that is special to her to show to me. Um, I didn't want it to conflict with my availability. I wanted to be there because there is only one life. And, and okay. once the kids are also 18 and they leave, they're not going to have that anymore. I mean, there's, there's other stages and other things that happen, but it, I've always known and always been told that life goes really quickly. And I don't know. I just feel like I just blinked my eyes and now she's seven years old. Mm -hmm. Like really it was like seven minutes. Um, the second thing that really changed my perspective was uh, actually when Kobe Bryant passed away. Mm -hmm. Now, I was a big Lakers fan growing up here in L.A. 
So that's part of it. I liked Kobe as an incredible basketball player. But there was something about his last chapter here that wasn't finished because he started really spending a lot of time in the coaching side of things with children. Like he obviously was coaching up his daughter to be an amazing athlete. And uh, he was working with all these different children on the teams and stuff and giving back a lot. And so I just felt like when he passed away suddenly and with his daughter with him, it just really hit me. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it without going really dark here. I'm not trying to go down that that part of the story, but it just made me realize like it wasn't all the other things I was doing at work and all that stuff. Like, yeah, of course you need to make money and you need to provide a life for your, your kids. And like, that's the ultimate goal is to give them a better life than what you had. And I feel like we're charting towards that direction, but I wanted to like make sure that I was around. So I actually decided to leave my company after 10 years and look for a job where I could work full time from home. It, it was just before COVID even hit. And um, I just wanted to be able to take my kids to school sometimes or pick them up just just because you don't get that opportunity very often. I think it's special. And then um, COVID hit and we went from me expecting to see them. I went from half an hour in the morning before I left for work, half an hour at night before they went to bed to, you know, full time, <laughs> both kids home. And the whole virtual school thing was a whole nother beast and all of that. But yeah, it was a, it was a huge transition, but I'll, I'll tell you now that we're coming out of COVID and the schools are reopened that time together. Like when can you ever say that you spent that much time with your parents? Not at the like, you know, toddler age. Yeah. yeah I think it's changed us a bit in a good way. That's the silver lining in all of this. Yeah, that is so true. And I applaud you for that because not a lot of dads take the route of being a stay home, you know, work at home dad to where they want to be involved in their kids. Most of the time it's left to the moms to kind of do that, to kind of navigate that. So let's talk about navigating COVID and virtual homeschooling. I mean, virtual schooling, because that's hard. A lot of parents are still struggling with that because there's some schools that aren't even open yet. Yeah. I mean, I I'm blessed with an amazing wife because when we had our daughter first, she decided that she would stay home full-time and be a full-time mom. Luckily, we were in a position that it was challenging financially, but we were able to, to survive with just the one income. Um, but the idea behind it was that she could be with the kids, raise the kids the way that we wanted to, and you know, not outsource that to somebody else. And I think the bond that she has with the kids is like so close and tightly knit that that's kind of also maybe been a thing for me that I wanted to make sure I had a close relationship as well. Um, not just be that absent father or something like that. I don't know. I, I go down this whole like psychology path and wonder if like <laughs> there's something there that I'm needing to, to uncover, but either way, it's like when we shifted to virtual, my wife was doing it where she would sit. Uh, well, first of all, my daughter for whatever reason doesn't want to be up in her room by herself. She like gets scared or she's just like, she just throws a fit if she's alone. So my wife would go and sit in her room and work on the computer and do other things uh, just to be there. And then I'd be downstairs in the office working because uh, my team, my company is based in Europe. So I have all morning meetings for the most part. Then in the afternoon would roll around. She'd be done with school. I would sort of take over as a uh, you know the full-time dad and i would stop working in the mid-afternoons and 
my wife would start working like officially like calls and all the, the busy stuff that she can't do just quietly on a computer in a room. So we luckily were able to work out a schedule that was flexible, but at first like it didn't work very well. And when it comes to homework, my daughter just does not have the patience to like work mm -hmm. with my wife for some reason. So I was the one always helping with her with her homework. And I mean, still to this day, when she comes home from school, like I'm the one that gets her on her iPad and helps her do her homework. So, I mean, that was a transition too, because patience, man, like mm -hmm. when, when you're like, this is so simple, one plus one, you know, those kinds of things. Why aren't you getting this? You've, you've got it last year. And it's just COVID like turned everything upside down and they definitely took a step back and had to rebuild some things. And it was a different type of interaction with their teachers and, and peers in the class. Man, it was a struggle to say the least. Do you appreciate teachers now more seeing what you had to go through through virtual schooling? Do you appreciate them a little bit more? So I have to say, honestly, it sounds wrong to say this. No, but I'm saying that because my mom has been a preschool teacher for mm. over 40 years. And I grew up in that. I went to that school uh, when I was at the age for preschool. And then all through elementary and stuff, I would come and visit after I was out of school. So I've seen what she's done. I've seen the work she does at home to like prep and to like make things herself. Um, the amount of work and effort she puts in. So I already have teachers kind of on a pedestal because I know that she works harder than most jobs that I've you know seen in terms of actual work and hours put in. And then too, like the pay rate is not where it should yeah. be. Um, and I know that's a huge topic and it's hard to like, just, it's not something you can just fix overnight, but most underpaid for the amount of work that they do, especially out of the school hours that they do. So that's why I had to say no, but the honest truth is like my daughter's teacher she put in so much extra effort to do things. Uh, I wouldn't say out of the curriculum, but like organizing supplies to be able to do like science things and mm -hmm. personally delivering them or meeting, arranging days to meet at the park where she could put them out spaced out and people could just come pick them up just so that they wouldn't get behind and they would continue to have the enriched program that she wanted to have in the class. So, I mean, I have to commend, those that adapted to the virtual world put out a bunch of extra effort that, you know, teachers don't normally do in the classroom. So yeah, I'm very, very supportive of teachers and appreciate them very much. So when you made that switch to working full-time at home, you said COVID hit, but how big of adjustment was that? Did you have to tell the kids, okay, dad's here, but dad's working right now and don't bother me while I'm working, you know, kind of like put a, like, for instance, when I do these interviews, I have to put a stop sign on my door so people don't just randomly walk in. Yeah, sort of. So we have an office, but there's no doors on it. So that was for the very beginning. It was so hard to explain. Like, I'm the, I'm the one that you see all those videos on uh, YouTube and TikTok and things where it's like I'm sitting on a camera and then my kid just walks in off from off screen and mm -hmm. it's like, Daddy, I need to go to the bathroom like or Shane pooped or something. Come wipe him. And I'm like in the middle of a meeting with a customer like that's <laughs> but thankfully uh, every single person, customer and coworkers, like they're all going through the same challenges. They understand it's it's surprising because I'm in the sales profession. So you always want to be professional. You always want to be polished um, and you feel like those kinds of things will give a negative perception, but it, it hasn't been that hard. I think 
You know, it's funny. Someone told me about the stop sign thing before, and I didn't actually do it. And I kind of regret that I didn't because it probably would have made them understand sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter gets it. My son's four, turning five, and his school didn't go virtual. So he was home all the time. Mm-hmm. And and you start to get a little stir crazy being home all the time. Plus, I'm going down a whole rabbit hole, but we don't have a yard right now. Uh, we're in the process of redoing it so he doesn't even have a place outdoors that he can go run and play until we coordinate to go for walks and stuff so i don't blame him but yeah that was hard (laughs) do you think because of covid people are more forgiving about how you know like technology like for instance you know of course you're you said you're on these calls all the time and your kids come across but then again there's also technology where it doesn't quite work and you have to like reschedule calls reschedule this reschedule that you think companies are now more forgiving because they see what the workers are going through now i mean they're more forgiving in the examples that you gave yeah absolutely there's other areas though that are less forgiving like uh respecting my schedule or my calendars so like a lot of people that i talk to are having meetings during their lunch hour or after 5 p.m which is not a normal practice if you're in an office setting. And it's the whole like, well, you're at home, I'm at home and we're working. Let's just, you know, continue. And there's gotta be this balance between not work-life balance. I hate that, that phrase to, to be honest, but it's more about like workload um, and also setting boundaries, especially if you have a family, like if they're already respecting the fact that you're in an office working for however many hours a day you are, there's got to be windows that you're taking your breaks because in the office you would walk to the bathroom, you would walk to the yeah. kitchen or the coffee machine or water, the water machine. And you take little breaks that are also mental relief breaks from the workload. Or you'll just, you know, yeah, I know employers don't want their employees spending a lot of time chit chatting, but that occasional five minute chat about BS is actually mm-hmm. really, really good for for the employees and and their well-being and just decompression overall so that they can go back into their next thing and focus um which is part of the reason why that's how our podcast sort of started is my co-host and i we worked together for a very long time and we also founded a, a separate company together and uh he came to me and said you know i want to talk about how stressful sales is and how much pressure mm-hmm. there is because that's not talked about. Like a lot of people will talk about like the sales techniques and how to engage with customers, but there's a lot of salespeople out there that are struggling or that think they're in like a unique situation and it's not unique because they just don't know because no one talks about it. And um, so we started our podcast, the two sales guys to just talk about all those stressful situations, but also like coping mechanisms. Like what do people do to make their day easier on themselves? How do they structure their day? What, techniques like meditation or reading books what types of things do they put into their life to help help offset all that stress so um i've tried putting some of that stuff into practice especially with the the home environment being a blurred line between work and home because you're just sitting in your home so what kind of practices have you put in place to kind of help you well i mean first and foremost which also ties into the whole me being around for my kids is i started working out every morning uh, during the week. Like I try to do six days a week. Five is like my goal, but I try to do six. And I'm not talking like these intense bodybuilding workouts, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking like 30 minutes. Uh, I purchased a a tempo fit, 
which is kind of like those, you know, mirrored systems. And then you do weights mm -hmm. and it tracks you and, and, you know, they have live classes, but that's because they do like quick 20, 30 minute classes that will hit either a targeted muscle group or the whole body. So you're getting cardio and muscular work, but it's quick and I can do it, take a quick shower and still be at work, uh, for my 7am meeting, uh, with Europe at the same time. I have lunch with my wife and kids almost every day. Uh, we find a break either at 12 to 1 or 1 to 2, and I'll come sit with them. We'll either watch a video or we'll, we'll sit there and talk, and we just have lunch together. It's not necessarily like a structured, like cooking a meal. You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. it's like we order something or I subscribe to a meal service and I'll just like heat it up real quick and we'll eat it. But it's just about the time together and taking your mind off of work temporarily and then getting back to work. So let's talk about how you're stronger as a family because you studied, decided to work from home and you decided to make that a priority because I think a lot of people need to know that, you know, like for instance, my girls are ages 26, 23 and 19. So it seems like just like yesterday I was bringing them home from the hospital and now they're gone, you know, so you don't get that time back. So I applaud you once again for doing that, for working at home so you can spend more time with your family. But let's talk about the changes. Have you noticed the change in your kids now that you're home full time with them and you're still working, but you're getting more quality time with them? I just think like we're, we're definitely closer. Um, so because my son's not in virtual school, there'll be a lot of times that I'm in the office and he's just sitting right next to me. Either, you know, I'll let him watch some like educational programs on the, the television or he'll be like talking with me when I'm not in an actual meeting. And I just feel like he's kind of like my little sidekick. Like I'll you know, be around the office and he'll just be there. And then and then what we also started doing, it wasn't like a scheduled thing, but probably four days a week uh, up until these, this last week, actually, we were going on walks every afternoon mm -hmm. uh, just before dinner time. And um not like a quick walk either. It was like a 30 minute walk. Okay. We have our little community and we just go a couple laps around the community. And I think that's something that they look forward to uh, a lot because it's with us. I mean, mm -hmm. they could easily go with some of our neighbors, kids, uh, but they always want to go on the walk with us. So I think, I think we've gotten closer. I don't see their personalities changing other than my daughter showing her like teenager, <laughs> energy coming out a little early uh you know sassy right um no it's we're just closer overall and and i just think to what you just said i'm going to close my eyes open them up and they're going to be going off to college or to the work world and i want to be able to have a good relationship where we have open dialogue and we stay connected i don't want it to be like some kids that go away and parents hear from them every so often. I mean, that was part of our other thing, which we can get into later if you want. But uh, a few years ago, we actually, we got a house a block away from my parents and my grandmother to live in together so that we could be that close and spend time with them and see them very often. In fact, my mom, I told you she's a preschool teacher. She would come over twice a week uh, to do like Nana school with my son <laughs> because he didn't have school. So at least he would get something and keep going because he was in preschool. So she knew what he needed to learn and what, where his progress should be. So, I mean, the, 
the quality time we've gotten with our family, especially looking back the first five years of my kid, my daughter's life, for example, uh, outside of her seeing my mom at preschool, you know, we weren't having dinner together or spending time with them, but maybe at best once a month at best, if that, and now we see them every week at least. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, I would love to dive into that. But right now, let's go to a commercial and then we'll come back and we'll dive into how you, you strengthen the relationship between the grandparents and your kids as well. So here we go. Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, we believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, we have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways. And we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do. Um, and we would appreciate any support either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com and in the menu, click on donate. We just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we're back with Sean. Sean, you mentioned before we went on break how you got a house closer to your parent or your parents got a house closer to you guys so that you could they can experience their grandkids more. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of people forget before in the older days, pe- parents, grandparents lived with the with their kids. But now we're moving away from that. And I love the way you're moving closer back to that so that the kids can learn about their roots. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it was uh, so it was a little tricky. Um, the way that it worked was my parents actually used to live in uh, the house that my great grandfather built for my great grandmother and my grandmother lived with my grandfather in their house and my grandfather passed away a few years ago and so when my grandmother was left by herself she was in a two-story home and you know the financial situation on fixed income versus the expenses is always like a tricky balance uh, at that point of your life so we were trying to figure out how we could stabilize the financial situation but also uh, get to spend more time together so we actually the whole process started where we found this community before we even made the move to this community. Uh, we made their move first mm-hmm. so they could consolidate the two houses into one and then be in a better financial situation, but then also have us simultaneously move in to the same community right thereafter so that we could all be together. And I mean, in the very beginning we were spending, we were going over to their house all the time. They were coming over here of course, you know, as life goes on and things get busier, it, it becomes a little bit less, but mm-hmm. it's significantly more than it was uh, prior to all this change. But yeah, I mean, the fact that my grandmother can see her great grandchildren, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like for, for Mother's Day, what we actually are doing is my sister lives back in Missouri and she just had a baby, uh, I think two months ago. I might be wrong on the exact dates. I'm not good with dates, but... Um, she'll be flying out here with her husband, her son, and um, their other son. And we're going to do a, a photo session where we have, 
you know, four generations all together mm -hmm. in a nice photo for, for my mom and grandmother. So that's going to be pretty special. That'll be cool. That is pretty special because you don't have a lot of people that nowadays that have their kids be able to see your grandparents because both my grandmothers died when I was like young, like yeah. high school age. So they weren't able to um, associate. But on my husband's side, the girls actually got to meet their great grandfather. So I just applaud you for that. And for have your kids said, hey, tell me some stories when you were little or tell me little stories about when dad was little. You know, because obviously they want to know when, what dad did wrong. And I'm sure as they grow up, they want to know more about, hey, grandma, did, that, did Nana, did dad do this? You know, and that. So oh, yeah. it's been embarrassing times for you. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, nothing too embarrassing. I think my parents keep it pretty, uh, uh, not PG-13, but whatever the next class down is G, I guess, um, because the kids are young. But yeah, they'll tell them some funny things here and there or tell them about like what I used to do as a kid that they're now interested in so that they see the similarities between me and my sister. Um, I think it's funny, though, because my daughter had a very quick bond with my grandfather. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, you know, like I said, he didn't he didn't live for a very long time with her alive as well. Like one of the last photos I have of him is my daughter on his lap like looking up at him and like touching his chin with her finger. And I swear my daughter always remembers every fact my grandmother ever says about my granddad. Mm. Like, and I like some photo came up the other day and she's like, Oh yeah, that's just like granddad. Right. And I'm like, yeah. How did you remember that he was in the military? Like all these kinds of little details that you're mm -hmm. surprised that they just, they grasp. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of, my grandparents were so important to me. My grandfather retired um, to be able to pick me and my sister up from school every day in elementary school. And we'd go to his house and spend time with him and my grandmother until my parents got off work. So they were like a second parents, yeah. a set of parents to me that I want to make sure that my children have that same relationship um, with them as they can. And just because I, I really hate talking about the like, negative side of life that everybody's going to die at some point but i want these times that we have together to be as best we can and i mean look i'm not perfect there's a million other things going on that i forget about or i you know could have done differently or better like of course i'm not like i don't want this to be the like social media like aspect where you only see the one percent of the perfect mm -hmm. uh, scenarios but i'm doing my best to be aware of it and trying to make sure that those things happen. Like I told my mom, so it was my birthday last week and I told my mom like the usual, like, I don't need any gifts. I don't want anything. Like I'm an adult, like, you know, I don't need gifts and there's not really anything I want either. So like if there was something I really, really wanted, okay, maybe I'll like encourage you to buy it for me. But <laughs> instead, you know, I just want to have a dinner together and acknowledge my birthday and we just, spend that time together because that's those are the few times that you remember later mm -hmm. and and so many things happen at those events that like we talk about for years funny things or do you remember that one time i mean there's also crazy things that happened but you know you still just remember mm -hmm. those interactions with them and, and it just these lasting memories I, that's important to me yeah that is so true now let's talk about when you said in your intro when you sent me your bio about you had the 
two years ago it was like the worst times in your career and now it's like you're having the best year the best year of your career let's talk about that well so in my last company we were in this hyper growth phase for a while and my role was changing i was being promoted getting new responsibilities it was great and then there was a change in uh, leadership and so i kind of got put in a position that i was at a ceiling there was no upward path that i could see in front of me and at the same time i didn't i didn't get put in a position for success when it comes to like building out the partner program and so financially i wasn't closing deals and making the commissions that you would see or like to see in sales and there wasn't any other like opportunities for me in the organization and so there was a period of a year to two years that i just was not liking it i wasn't having fun anymore i was kind of just there because i'd been there for so long and i was comfortable with the benefits and the team i really loved the team like it's so hard to leave a team after eight years nine years ten years because you've built all these relationships with hundreds of people and you know you feel invested in the company to some regard when i switched and left it was like i don't know how to say it like starting all new like it was it was this it was similar but different i got to build my own team i had budget i was given free reign to do what i thought was necessary to build up this team and thankfully uh we had an incredible year last year i mean we went from basically zero revenue on in my region to over eight million dollars last year in one year which yeah. is incredible growth mm -hmm. and my team's gone from just me when i started to now i've got mm -hmm. five direct reports in my territory so we're a team of six and in one year's time and so financially best year of my career i think just with all the opportunities starting fresh um building out the team the 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 new team that i'm on we're all remote i've i've mm -hmm. only met five people in the whole company in person maybe seven and like three of them used to work with me so that's how i already met them otherwise because i joined in february last year and the day i was supposed to fly to europe for my onboarding training mm -hmm. was when uh, our president shut down the borders to europe no travel mm -hmm. because that was right when COVID was really taking off so I didn't get to meet my team. I haven't met most of the people in the company. Like, and so it's a little different, but, uh, you know, everything is going so fast here. And, and I'm, I, I, I don't like saying this because it like, I don't mean it in a negative way towards my last company or role, but like, it was the best decision of my life to leave for lots of reasons. I mean, the whole working from home thing was like the icing on the cake by far. So were you able, you weren't working from home before that, before you took this job? So I had an arrangement for the last couple of years where I could work from home on Fridays mm. um, because my commute was an hour and a half each way. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of productivity that's lost. And I think that's why working from home now, I feel so much more productive. I mean, three hours a day, mm. uh, just in a car until we get self-driving cars where I could still be working. Like, <laughs> you know, and the worst part about it wasn't the, the time suck. It was, mm -hmm. I'm here in Los Angeles. So an hour and a half, it was only 21 miles. Yeah. So you're going like, you know, a caterpillar along this freeway with a million other people. By the time I got to the office, I needed a 15 minute break just to like 
calm down from all the road rage kind of feelings, right? Just it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't have any of that. I just have the morning workout, a shower, and then I get to walk downstairs and I'm ready to go. I love that. So not only working from home was great for your family, but it was also great for your health wise too. Yeah. I mean, sitting in a car for three hours a day, that's, that's bad. And the fact that you can get used to that is not good. (laughs) People that are used to sitting in traffic for so long, like that's not good for your body. It's not good for your mind. And like I said, the challenge that I had, I was argue with my wife about not argue, but debated with her was I want to work out so that I'm healthier. But if I work out, then I have to sacrifice time at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Either I have to leave earlier to go to the gym before work, or I have to go after work and not get home until after they're asleep. And it was always this dilemma that for multiple years, I just defaulted to not go to the gym, to not sacrifice that time with the kids. Now I don't have that. I get up and I work out before they're awake or they wake up while I'm working out. So it's I'm finishing up. And so I feel healthier because of it. Um, and yeah, it's just much, much better not sitting in a car all day. Yeah, I can imagine because um, I have a daughter that lives out in California. Her and her husband are going to graduate school out there. And they first when they first moved because she goes to graduate school in Riverside and he goes to graduate school in Pasadena. They picked Panoma because they figured, OK, it's it's right there in the middle. But then they decided after a year or so living there, they were going to move to Pasadena because her commute was so much easier than his commute because he's going toward L.A. So I can just imagine that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we moved when we moved into this new community two years ago. My commute is exact same distance, maybe three miles further, but it's like easy three miles, no traffic. So let's just say it's equal. The only option I had at my last house was to take the 101 freeway to the 405 freeway, which are the two, like two of the most notorious freeways in LA outside of the five or the 110. Instead. Now I could go that way still if I wanted to, or I could take Topanga Canyon to PCH right along the ocean. And even though it takes the same amount of time and it's the same distance, it was better because there was no, not as much traffic. So you're cruising through the Canyon, which has, you know, mm-hmm. trees and beautiful greenery. Then you emerge out at sunrise timeline over the ocean and you just oh. get to see it. So it like, it was when I, when I would take that route, I would definitely arrive at the office much more calm and better state of mind than I would sitting through the parking lot of the 405. So just those little changes, even though mm-hmm. it's the same stuff, um, sets you up in a different way when you walk into the office. Yeah, that's so true. Now let's talk about your mindset. How do you separate work from home? Because like you said earlier, there are some people that expect you like be on calls at five after five because you're working from home or eat through your lunch hour or work through your lunch hour. How do you make that distinction? Okay. This is, this is work time. This is home time. So I actually recently finished a book called done by noon. Um, I forget who the author is off the top of my head, uh, but they sent me the book and I, I, I love the concept. I'm super fascinated by it because the whole idea is to like prioritize all of your work into different categories to be able to get them done by noon, hypothetically, so that you can have this dedicated time in the afternoon to commit towards things that you know you need to work on, whether that's projects that take a lot more time or that's personal investments like you know working on your own mental health or physical fitness or you want to go golfing. It's not necessarily like all work is done by noon and you have the whole afternoon to go play. Like it's not like that, but 
the big principle that he put in there was if you just have a regimented schedule, you can stick hard and fast to those timelines because you prioritize the time after. So I don't remember the exact timing he does, but he's basically done every day at five. It doesn't matter what's going on unless there's like an emergency firefight, which almost never happens because of how he structures his day. And he commits that time to his family. It's on his schedule as family time. The weekends are, and he does not look at his phone and he does not take calls. And if anyone calls him during those times, they all know this better be an emergency. So it's more of like establishing that culture with your team that they know that like I've, I've, created it where if i'm busy working on something and i'm in the state flow mind like i don't want to like be interrupted because i'm working on something and someone messages me like they have a question i'm like i'm busy later and they know i don't mean it in a rude way they know it's not personal don't bother me right now i'm focused um and so i do the same thing when it's after hours like i try to be done occasionally i'll get like a call from a teammate about some deal or something but for the most part which is also cool is because I'm managing a team in my time zone, mm -hmm. there's not very many of them that are working after five with customers. So if it's just like questions or they need support on something that could wait till the next day, or they could just email me. And because I'm getting up early, I can respond to it before their work day officially starts, you know, 9 a.m. let's say, and they'll still be able to read my response and then get back to the customer before the customer's even online in most cases. So you just have to commit to it. It has to be a priority for you. So our time is almost up. So can you give us one last little nugget of what you want people to take away from your experience? I think my biggest thing was just changing my priorities. Um, I mean, obviously I'm super ambitious. I work very hard. I want more for my family. I want to give them the best stuff. And so there's obviously a conflict there of, People think you just have to go and bust your ass to be able to like be this successful person. Mm -hmm. But I've found a lot of very successful people don't have to be that wake up at 5 a.m. and work until, you know, 10 p.m., like 12 hour, 14 hour work days. Like that doesn't have to be the case. And I've I feel like I found that balance. And um, it's because I'm prioritizing time with my family and kids, you know if I was a single person, like I, I would probably be working just because I like to challenge myself when I work hard. So for your situation, it may be different, but I think it's just about prioritizing what you want and making sure that you're committing to like actually document that time, protect that time as if it was a customer meeting that you wouldn't sacrifice that time for anything else because mm -hmm. it's a customer that would be unprofessional. So why would you be unprofessional towards yourself? If you have time you want to lock in for your personal objectives, whatever that may be, why compromise that you're just cheating yourself yeah that is so true and that's a great little nugget now where can people find you at i mean most people reach out to me on linkedin um that's my professional you know profile uh otherwise like the two sales .com is our our podcast website and we're on every you know podcast platform wherever you find your podcast so check that out obviously i would love any likes and comments <laughs> uh you know you can you can do reviews things like that but I really appreciate you having me on here. I, I like the discussion and, you know, I think the audience should try to find what they want most and, and find that balance and, and prioritize it in their life. Honestly, I want to ask you about your um, podcast real quick. Okay. It's called Two Sales Guys, but it can, 
could anybody listen to it? Did you have to be in sales to listen to it? No, absolutely. I think it's we're two sales guys. So that's where we come from. And yes, our main audience are sales professionals in any industry. Like they don't have to be in the tech space like we are. I mean, it works for car salesmen. It works for like anybody, right? It's just more about dealing with pressure and stress in your life, which doesn't have to be in, in sales profession um, and ways to like deal with it, to hear stories about people going through it, whether that's personal loss. Um, we actually had the top sales guy at salesforce.com. He was on our, our podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, Ian Koniak. He went through top performing year after year and he almost lost everything. Uh, he, he had problems with his marriage and his own personal issues because of addiction. And that's part of what happens a lot in sales is you ride the highs and the lows really, really hard. And so this applies to everybody. Like everybody's dealing with problems. Um, one of the things I keep talking about lately is like, it, we find it normal to talk about like our weight loss regimen and our workout routines, but nobody talks openly about like, what am I doing for like my mental state or my mental okay. performance or my just well-being in general. And so, uh, yeah, anybody, anybody can tune into this and take away some um, good insights. At least I hope they can. <laughs> That's the whole, por- the whole purpose. Yeah. Well, Sean, I want to thank you so much for coming on and for just sharing about your life, because I think a lot of people need to know that you can make that step back and, and it doesn't have to mean that it's costing your career. You can put the priority as your family first. Yeah, I agree completely. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Chats from the Blog Cabin. Um, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes where you can find um, Sean's podcast, Two Sales Guys. Also, he mentioned the book, Done by Noon, and I will drop that in the, in the notes as well. As always, thank you for listening. Um, please like, subscribe, or review wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, thank you so much. Um, if you want to hop over to YouTube and like and subscribe to Chats from the Blog Cabin, please do so. Um, share it with your friends. As always, be blessed and remember, keep chatting. Chats from the Blog Cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.